0: Hello everybody, welcome again to Pod BN Election Edition. Today we're talking to Sheila Motney who's running for Bloomington City Council Ward 3. Before we talk to her, I want to thank Little Beaver Brewery for sponsorship. I mentioned before that I really like the hazy IPAs that they have and the, one of the hay, hazy IPAs is called Space Crystals and there's a bunch of different types of space crystal flavors you got citrus one you got a peach vanilla pineapple vanilla vanilla milkshake version another one called paw peach apricot and watermelon and milk sugar so you can make a whole evening just out of different kinds of space crystals hazy double IPA Triple dry hopped with mosaic and Eldorado. Can't say I know what that means, but Chad definitely knows what it means because he's using it right to make delicious hazy IPA. You can stop by their tap room to try it on tap, or you can also stop by to pick up a six pack to go, whatever you please. And now Sheila Montney, Bloomington Ward 3. Hey, Sheila. Nice to see you. Welcome to
1: PodBN. Thank you for coming on today. Appreciate it.
2: My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me, Tyson.
1: So first, what we just like to ask everyone when they come on, can you tell us a little bit about what led you to wanting to run? It's a big commitment, big responsibility. So uh, what what was your motivations?
2: Well, it is a big commitment and certainly a big change for me to be involved in the public limelight. I love living here in Bloomington. I've been here for 20 years. I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else in my life. And I think it's an absolutely wonderful community. And as I've reflected over these last few years and thinking about the challenges that we're facing with the state of Illinois from a financial perspective and a population loss perspective, I really feel like I can help ensure that Bloomington, while not immune to those challenges, can continue to thrive and be a vibrant community for generations to come. Mm
1: -hmm. So what kind of things does that mean to you? Um, The types of things you want to make sure continue?
2: Well, you know, we've ended up on a lot of top 10 lists. I know you're aware of that, Tyson, and we see them on the city's website and the economic development site. And one of the things that I was curious about is, what are the underlying metrics that are driving us showing up on these lists? And some of them are high educational attainment, a very high income level relative to the average, and also affordable housing. And as I think about that third one, property taxes also is a big consideration. Um, When you look at the population loss around us in Illinois, the cost structure to live here from a taxation perspective is certainly somewhat, it's something that is often cited as a reason for leaving. Safety is also another significant consideration. Uh, we've been able to enjoy a very good quality of life in Bloomington for many generations. And as of late, there've been some challenges that um, are really a, an opportunity for us to reflect on how do we make sure We continue to pay attention to these underlying attributes that tell us this is a great place to live and make sure that we keep those in mind as we continue to run the operations of the community.
1: Mm -hmm. So I can take those in order then, Um, taxes first. So... Uh, there's property taxes but there's also kind of all the kinds of taxes that get assessed and fees and stuff like that so i'm hearing you say keeping those low or um at a minimum not increasing that's going to be something that's important to you and the council
2: well it's important to the local businesses that drive our economy Um, And that's very important for all of us because it's in, you know, better jobs mean better quality of life for the people who live here. I've talked to a business owner who had to close during the COVID era. And made the very difficult decision a few weeks ago not to reopen because of the significant amount of property tax that it had massed during the time that he wasn't able to be operational. Mm -hmm. But you're right. I mean, it's certainly broader than that. And when you think about the use taxes here in Bloomington, as the information is coming out now about the 2020 year-end results, with the exception of liquor tax, the revenue across those has all declined, um, for example. um, And yet the city's overhead is dependent upon those revenues. And something that we can't do is to take that shortfall and then spread it among the population that lives here. While the 2020 census information isn't yet available, I've been told that it's predicted that Bloomington will see a population decline, uh, which is certainly concerning as well. When you look at, um, you know, over the last eight years on an annual basis, the city's operations budget, I believe, is about $60 million a year more than what it was um, just about eight years ago. And when you divide that on a declining population, again, that's very concerning.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you, um, I spent some time a few years ago looking at the the finances and reached a conclusion that um, municipal income statements and balance sheets are different than what I'm used to in the insurance sector and very difficult to trace around and, and to, to work out all the different funds and stuff like that. Um, I came away having a hard time figuring out where exactly that increase was coming from um, just curious if you've got a sense of where uh, what's what's driving that increase in the budget and how could we try to roll that back? Have you looked at that?
2: Well, I have. You know, when I think about the operational overhead of the community, um, one thing that I've been able to study in my private sector work is how work is done. And how work is done, and with the city's budget comprised by 65%, I think it's labor cost related, how work is done is an important component to look at for opportunities for improvement. Um, One of the organizations that contacted me with a questionnaire about my candidacy asked, what services would you cut in order to reduce cost in Bloomington? And I don't think in my mind that's the right question, because I think there's a lot of opportunity to achieve sustainable cost reduction through looking at how work is done in Bloomington. And you mentioned the financials. I was looking at a document on the City of Bloomington's website and I think it was 260 pages. I'll have to go back and look so I can cite that accurately. Mm-hmm. But the budget document itself
1: sounds about right.
2: Was yeah. <laughs> um, very voluminous. So when I think about the labor costs associated with creating a budget document that is that lengthy, it's not just about the labor costs associated with that, but it's also about the consumability for the public. Um, you know, it's very important that our local residents be informed and participate in local government, and I see that too as a tremendous opportunity for improvement. And when I look at a document of that length, uh, sometimes you know people lose patience in in terms of really wanting to dig in and understand what's most material in that regard.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that makes sense. So if I, um, what I'm hearing is increase in transparency and then also increase in um, efficiency to try to drive down those costs from you being a big big part of what you would like to see is that fair
2: mm-hmm. that's right Tyson and you know when I think about things like how how will we know if we're making progress or not there's an opportunity I think to maybe anchor our cost structure on a resident basis so we can get an idea of whether or not we're improving on behalf of what we're asking the people who live here to pay in order to run the city.
1: For sure. Um, you also you also mentioned safety as being one of the challenges. Um, my assumption is you're referring to COVID situations on that, but correct me if I'm wrong. Um, what would you like to see maintained or improved in terms of our public safety?
2: Well, I think it's certainly broader than just COVID. Um, Especially as you look into just the first few weeks of 2021, we've had some challenges with some violent crime here in town and Mm -hmm. shootings that's of concern. So public safety, as you look back in ancient times and the entire purpose of having government, providing safety for its people is a key role of the government. So I'm certainly a big supporter of our local law enforcement and our local first responders from the fire department who put themselves at risk every day to help those of us who live here be able to feel safe in our hometown.
1: Um, Before we go any further on those issues, um, I forgot one of the things that we've Ask people when they've come on is to think about their ward. So you're running for Ward 3. Um, <clears throat> could you, how would you describe Ward 3? Um, maybe both geographically and sort of um, what's the feel of Ward 3 in your mind?
2: Well, I have some bias, but I love Ward 3. I think it represents an incredible cross section of the community. Um, Ward 3 includes neighborhoods on the Far East side that may consider to be, you know, higher value properties. It includes an incredible diverse community from an ethnicity perspective, an income level perspective. And Ward 3 has a lot of great businesses in it as well who share um, the neighborhoods with us. And uh, I really think that as I've gotten to know people in these last few weeks and building upon relationships that I already had in all of our six precincts, it's just really affirming to me that we all share Bloomington in common. This is our home. And wherever we live in this community, and even if we're just here for what I would call an extended business trip for people who have moved in to maybe be in a temporary role here in Bloomington Normal, we all call Bloomington home, whether, again, six generations or for six weeks. And what I'm finding across all six precincts is that we're all the same. You know, there's an expression about we're all different, and that is true but we are also all the same as human beings. We want the same things for our families. We wanna be able to live lives that we're proud of and feel safe in our homes and in our community. And anchoring back to that common goal that we all have, I think that will be an asset as I think about a future role in the city council for us to all remind ourselves While we may have passions of a very specific nature, we all share many things in common, and we need to unify around those things in common and remind each other of all the things we share in common.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a challenging thing about Bloomington with the ward system, because on the one hand, you're elected by your ward, and so you want to make sure that you're plugged in specifically to what they're doing but you're also making decisions that affect the whole city right um goes to that same tension of there's there's similarities there's ward three specific things and then there's the the commonalities that we all have as bloomingtonites i guess (laughs) um how do you feel like uh if you just do zoom into Worm three though we'll talk about overall city issues and uh, um We can keep going on that. But if you just zoom into Ward 3, what do you see as being some of the main issues in that area or topics? And maybe issues is too critical. What are the main topics that are on people's minds in Ward 3?
2: Well, not surprisingly... But it certainly surprised me in terms of the intensity of it. People are really concerned about the quality of our streets. Um, That is something that I've heard from so many people. And Tyson, when I think back to when my 17-year-old son was a baby and when he would have trouble falling asleep, My husband and I would put him in the car seat and we would drive him along GE Road, which cuts through um, Ward 3 on the east side. And the rhythm of the concrete in this GE Road would lull him to sleep Mm -hmm. because the road itself was in such condition that you were going over bump after bump after bump after bump. And that's true to this day. I can be on the phone while in my car with my sister, who used to live here, and she will say, oh, you must be getting close to home because I can hear GE Road. (laughs) So I know um, it may sound, um, you know, insignificant, I guess, in the big scheme of things, because Bloomington is not immune to what's happening in Illinois and in the world around us. But I am hearing that people are very concerned about the condition of the street.
1: So yeah, it strikes me when I look at Ward Three here. I'm looking out on the map now. It's on the, it's basically the east side of Bloomington, right? North. It's south of Ward Nine's got your northeastern part, and then Ward threes, like the straight east area. So. Yeah, I'm thinking, um, I'm not sure exactly when a lot of these subdivisions were built, but it might have been in like the 20 to 30 year range. And that's sort mm-hmm. of when that first round of major street repairs come due. So it's, um, I can imagine that's on people's minds as they start to see things degrading and not getting um, not getting updated there. Um, am I right on that? I, I don't want to go out too far on a limb there.
2: About the ages of the neighborhood.
1: Yeah. Is it where they built like in the 90s and 80s and 90s? Is that when some of them were built?
2: Well, the house I live in was built in uh, 1992. Okay. Um, I think really um, this ward goes all the way over to Ireland Grove Road. And we do have neighborhoods that are 30 years old and then some. And then we also have development that's taken place more recently within within this ward
1: okay uh, also looking at there i see the airports in there too right so um, yes any, it is any thoughts about what um you know that's definitely an asset to the community right uh any thoughts about the airport's role and how anything you'd like to see done different there or done more of
2: you know to me an airport is kind of a metaphor for life Um, my late mother had moved to Bloomington before she passed away at a time when I actually lived out in Sacramento, California. And I'll never forget the emotion of being on an airplane when I was traveling with my brother from Sacramento, California to Bloomington, on the day when she fell seriously ill and and ultimately uh, just within a few hours of me getting here, um, passed away. And I think about that when I think of airports. I think about the people that are coming to and from, the people that are on those planes, and people are traveling for reasons of tremendous joy. They're traveling for job interviews. They're traveling for vacations or to visit family and they're also traveling for things that are very sad Um, but all of it really is about living life Uh, so I personally I think at the airport here in Bloomington there's a painting by a local artist I believe her name is Angel Ambrose and it's called Step of Faith and whenever I've been in the airport it's the last piece of public art that I see before I walk through security. And I, I love that painting because I think it's just a beautiful expression of what life is. And it's very meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. That airport is a tremendous asset to this community. And I hope that the services that we have, many of which have been pulled back as a result of COVID, I hope we'll have the opportunity for those services to continue and for that airport to continue to grow. It brings uh, people into our community in unique ways from the surrounding areas in central Illinois. Mm -hmm. And I think that's terrific.
1: Uh, Well, we are uh, coming up on the halfway point here. So as promised, we're going to go do the lightning round. So uh, no, don't, no uh major pressure here you won't have a buzzer if you <laughs> well, go I'm... over but uh we this is if there's one thing we do that people give us positive feedback on it's this say people just it's a fan favorite so here are some bloomington well i'm
2: intrigued topics. i'm here some, intrigued Tyson.
1: <laughs> here are some bloomington topics i'm gonna throw it out and then just let me know what what comes to your mind about it and uh hopefully we'll have a chance to dig into some more of these on this bottom half so downtown bloomington
2: Safe environment and progress at a price we can afford.
1: Uh, Connect Transit.
2: Moving people from point A to point B. O'Neill Pool. I think the West Side needs a pool. They need recreation and opportunities for families to be together. And I think they need a pool. Okay.
1: The Bloomington Public Library.
2: Well, the library for generations has been an icon for people to come together and meet the needs of the community.
1: Constitution Trail.
2: An asset to the Bloomington Normal Area.
1: And finally, Urban Sprawl.
2: Urban Sprawl. Well, I haven't really identified that as being a major issue here. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay. you can, if this were a game show, you can just give me an X because I'm not prepared to. Answer well, you can just say question. not a major,
1: yeah, not a major issue here. That works. So okay, all right. Um, did want to follow up on a couple of those because I was uh, interested to hear more. Um, but we don't want to go the whole time without talking about COVID responses. It's definitely a big topic those who are elected for in this council no one had any idea this is what we'd be facing right um but this next round you're coming into it with a full knowledge that that's a situation that is going to be taking a fair amount of attention deservedly so mm-hmm. so as you look at how the community ha- and the city council in particular how the city has responded to covid over this past year, and what you see coming down the road uh, during the next four years. Uh, well, what's your reaction to it?
2: Well, I think people are doing the best that they can, Tyson. None of us has a crystal ball that tells us you know, what to expect the next calendar day. And when I think back to some of the decisions that were made broadly in Illinois about business closures and things of that nature. A lot of them were made at a time when we thought that our hospitals were going to be over capacity, and the effort was around ensuring that we could care for people who might have gotten sick um, with this virus. We've learned a lot, though, over these last few months, and I'd like to see us really give people more of an opportunity to self-direct. Um, when I think about restaurants, um, people can choose, you know, whether or not to go out and expose themselves, um, you know, and that will help police uh, some of the capacity issues as people will make their own choices.
1: Okay. Um... Yeah, so on that topic, things are going to be um, easing, uh, hopefully getting better with the weather getting warmer naturally, more outdoor options. Um, one of the things that came to mind for me that the council did was to allow outdoor seating at restaurants where it typically was mm-hmm. before. Um did you, that's just one that's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> just wondered if you had a reaction to that, if you think that was a, that kind of thing was a good move. Would you like to see that going on, encouraging people to be outdoors?
2: Well, it was great to see the mercury get above 32 degrees today. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I think there was certainly good faith efforts to enable businesses to continue. As I think about my role on the council and what I would like to see uh, focus on, Retention of the local businesses that need our support now more than ever. Just like in the private sector with gaining new customers, the starting point always needs to be keeping the customers you already have. And I certainly feel that way about the local businesses that we have here in Bloomington. They're incredibly important, and too many of them have had to shudder or are trying uh, just to survive at this point, so I really look forward to supporting them because good local jobs, which are with the cornerstone of these local businesses, provide betterment for the lives of all of us who live here
1: um what uh what do you think that support might look like from the city like is it is it financial support is it um regulatory leniency sort of what comes to mind when you think about how the the city could support the businesses
2: well when we have have the opportunities to add on restrictions locally or to provide more flexibility locally i think there's an opportunity there to lean in on behalf of those businesses Um, none of us again has had a crystal ball relative to the covid and now that data continues to be more and more available, neighboring states have made different decisions. And, um, you know, it's it's just interesting to look at the different outcomes relative to some of the decisions that have been made over these last 11 months. hmm
1: Yep. All right. Um, just a couple other things you mentioned along our conversation here that I wrote down, wanted to hear more about. Um, one was... Downtown, um, I I can't remember the wording you used, but uh, in the lightning round, but you mentioned safety, which I'm I'm really glad to hear you say because I think there's this perception that it's like a dangerous place, so there's lots of uh, like oh, that's where homeless people are and stuff like that. So um, I don't have that experience when I go down there, and so I'm I'm glad that I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, but um, Yeah, I guess just kind of say more about what you'd like to see done in downtown to help that area be, to help it grow and rekindle that.
2: Sure. Well, I've read a lot of the prior studies that have been done on downtown Bloomington. And I think a challenge faced by many communities is a decline in their downtowns. And that is certainly something that's very important, not just for historical reasons, but it's certainly, you know, an important area of any community. As I look at the plans and as I look at neighboring communities, solving a big problem really is uh, accomplished by solving hundreds of little problems one at a time. And I think that's where the opportunity is as I think about downtown Bloomington. I think there is an opportunity for us to really look incrementally and continue to make progress and then build upon that progress in alignment with the vision that has been set forth in some of the plans that the city has currently put together.
1: Mm-hmm. Good to hear. Yeah, I know a lot of work went into that plan, including by Justin, uh, the co-host, and um, he's been uh, not shy about mentioning that his his frustration that more more progress not being made on that plan. And so, it's good to hear that um, more and more candidates and council members are expressing interest in continuing what was laid out by the downtown task force. So, mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad to hear that.
2: Well, when Um, I think about transformational work um, that I've been a part of outside of a government entity, that big vision, sometimes we hold on to it as a collective. And sometimes that holds us back from being able to make progress incrementally. So I think it's real important to think about what are the first steps, not just starting with the end in mind and trying to make incremental progress on all fronts simultaneously.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So then, uh, going slightly broader than downtown, there's, um, th- there has been, it continues to be a remarkable amount of drama around connect transit. <laughs> um, it's a real political hot button issue, I guess. Um, but the current thing that people are talking about, of course, is if there's going to be a, if there should be a downtown Bloomington transit station, and then which site would be a good site for it. Wondered if you had a, an opinion or a disposition on that based on what you've seen so far.
2: Well, when I think about Connect Transit, I think about it as a means to an end. And I think sometimes divisiveness comes from when we talk about a means in a way as if it was the end connect transit is about enabling our people to move throughout our community Uh, people who prefer public transportation people who can afford public transportation and so when i think about connect transit i really like to start with this is about moving people from point a to point b and it's in their interest that that take place as efficiently as possible and as effectively as possible. So looking at so much that's been available to read about Connect Transit, I see a lot of the literature really being about Connect Transit itself, as opposed to the enablement of the movement of people. So that's where I would start. I mean, if you're asking my thoughts on the three locations that are being talked about, I really don't have a a leading candidate in that regard Um, if this does make sense for us to do then i would expect those involved in the decisions to analyze this from a cost benefit perspective both quantifiable and qualitative considerations and make an informed decision
1: okay so you'd be um you'd largely be supportive of the what connect transit brings forward as a a recommendation then, that's what I'm hearing. You, you trust them to do the analysis and to um, bring the relevant information to, to the council?
2: Well, I think that um, objectivity and analyzing this, I think is important. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in an inquiring method rather than an advocacy method. And I think it should start by a clear articulation of what the underlying problem is that we're trying to solve. And again, that comes back to moving people from point A to point B.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a, um, <clears throat> I'll just say I have a hard time with Connect Transit because, how would I say it? I, I tend to have a harder time with any issue whenever federal and state money starts flowing into something. Because then that that, it's nice, but it comes with, strings and extra requirements and extra complications and things we can't control and um you get away from that like what you're saying you get away from just we're trying to move people in our city to places that they need to go that they can't get to otherwise um, or you know um or by choice you know i like that as a method to go and uh it can get real tied up in not just practical issues but Political philosophical issues too, right about the role of government and so on and so forth. So uh, Yeah, I hope we can move forward (laughs) with that without letting that derail us too much
2: Tyson that's so insightful what you said and particularly even just here within the state of illinois As opportunities come up where we might see locally. Well, the state's going to fund it well all of these Places In the state of Illinois and in the United States are just populated by people like you and me. And ultimately, we are who pays for everything. Um, There's no rural revenue generation by most governments. It's really all funded through the contributions of its people.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, we're getting kind of close to the end here. Are there any topics that we didn't hit on that are a big part of your platform that you want to make sure to, to let people know about?
2: I don't think so, Tyson. I think there's an opportunity to learn um, more about me on the motneyforbloomington.com website. Um, And why did I choose something so simple as for Bloomington? And that really is at the heart of what my platform is all about. Um, I'm not here to represent any particular personal agenda or that of interest groups locally or even outside of our community. But I would be here in this position to do everything that I can to serve in a virtuous sense on behalf of the people who live in Ward 3 and in the broader community, and not just limited to Bloomington. Because when we think about maybe going out to dinner when there is that opportunity in the future, I don't think those of us who live here think about the boundaries between Bloomington and Normal. And I do think there has been opportunities where the two city governments um, really are operating independently and could do a better job of just considering that all of us here consume in both and not bidding against themselves for example with mm-hmm. bringing in new businesses with incentives and that sort of thing yeah that um, makes sense. yeah but I look forward to this is going to be my home for for life I'm raised my son here I've met my husband here and I believe in this community, it's got an incredibly rich history, and it's had a pioneering spirit really since the mid-19th century. Uh, We've got a lot of great things going for us, and I want to make sure that I do all that I can to help secure Bloomington's future as a great place to live for future generations.
1: Yeah, great. Well, I think that's pretty good. Place to live it. You wrapped it up, to leave it. You wrapped it up nicely. So, so then I want to thank our sponsor, Little Beaver Brewery. They have been great to us to try to enable to enable us to do this election edition. We could not have done it without us. So please go and check them out if you are into craft beers. They have an amazing selection. that's always rotating. They always have 24 beers on tap. You can check out online on Facebook on littlebeaverbrewery.com what they have to offer. Uh, if you're not into beer, they just opened their kitchen and they have some amazing food they've got some nice thin crust pizza they've got some really good burgers i recommend the beaver burger if you like something that's a little bit spicy it's got fried jalapeno strips on it absolutely delicious great appetizers um, and they're going to be soon opening up their outdoor space once the thermometer gets a little bit higher and uh, check out their patio uh, it's a it's a great patio down there at, it's at five finance drive in Bloomington. check that out and with that, um, I'll thank you
0: again, Sheila. It's very nice
1: talking to you. Good luck in the race. Um, hope everyone uh, gets out and vote on April 6th. Get uh, get some good people elected for uh, for city council.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me.